And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Losanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to episode 71 of the Fanboy Garage. As always, it is a pleasure to have you guys with us this week. There's been a couple of things getting reported out there, not being reported. We've been digging into the Mandalorian and um, the Snyder Cut. Release the Snyder Cut uh, never dies. So, yes. Um, <laughs> Before we get started, we have a very exciting announcement to make. We're going to do a contest for a video game, which is very different from what we've typically done before in the past, where we've done some uh, uh, contests for digital downloads for movies. But this one is for a very special video game, and that is the recently released uh, Star Wars Jedi or uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, for PS4. Yes. So in order to win the game... We'd like you to obviously like our The Fanboy Garage on Twitter. Uh, so you can do that by at The Fanboy Garage. So like, follow the page, um, follow the, the uh, our social media through that. And then uh, we'll post something for the contest. And what you'll need to do is you'll have to retweet that and tell us your favorite Star Wars moment. All right. There and, you go. And uh, obviously it'll be subjective. So whoever has the best or the most touching uh, moment will uh, will win. Now, is this a specific moment, like from a movie, or is it like a moment, like like an experience you might have had, like going to see the movie? Or I both? would say uh, it should be a bit of both. Okay. Um, so you know, tell us what the special moment is in Star Wars, like, and it could be any movie. It could be The Mandalorian. It could be The Clone Wars, and why it means so much to you. Why does it stand out to you? Got it. All right, and I I actually bought this game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a big gamer, um, but uh, I did buy this because I I saw some of the reviews and they were really good, and I saw some of the footage and the reading about the game, and I I got through like I got to like the second planet, then I had to stop. But um, I love the story of the game, mm -hmm. so I haven't really I'm new to like the Star Wars games. Like I know what they are, and I know like the popular ones for the most part, but like I've never actually sat down and like played one like from beginning to end. Um, I like the story a lot, actually. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of potential in that. Uh, and that's what gets me excited about, like, the potential for the universe. Yeah. You know, like, the types of stories they could be telling on Disney Plus and even in movies, sure. I think, is great. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Um, there's some cool uh, cool action moments and whatnot, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great game. Yeah. Um, I also have it, and it's been a lot of fun to play. Um so little, you know, it's obviously a Star Wars game, but it's a mix of, um, I'd say like Assassin's Creed and uh, The Force Unleashed, which was a big favorite of mine a couple of years back. Um, and the story again is, you know, as Chris mentioned, is is top notch. Um, so hope you guys, uh, you know, play to win and um, and you uh, do all the things I just went through, and so you guys can get your get your hands on a copy of the game. Yeah, cool. Right. So, uh, I guess the big story today, so we're actually recording this um, not on our usual Tuesday night, but we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, uh, November 20th, and the big story today was Joker uh, and the maybe potential not quite sequel. Uh, yeah. So originally, the Hollywood Reporter came out with the story that said that Todd Phillips 
was um, he had agreed to uh, write, co-write, and direct a Joker sequel. Right. And that as part of the deal, he would also be developing other like stories in this origin verse because everything now he's got to be like a verse right so right. It's origin like basically others and they threw out dark side and lex Luthor as two potential characters maybe mm. then a little while later deadline came out and basically called that story clickbait yes they did <laughs> and said that now of course they hedged a little bit because they did say well while a joker sequel still could happen uh, nothing yeah, is official. I mean, nothing. It, it yeah. Seen money in the box office. Sure. Nothing is official. Nothing. There's no agreement. None of that. Todd Phillips has never agreed to do any other origin stories or anything else for DC. And you know, basically, they they took that route. So mm-hmm. basically, we're right back where we started. Yeah, um, I mean, the deadline piece like debunked a lot of, or is looking to debunk, a lot of the Hollywood Reporter story, like. Apparently, you know, Todd Phillips had a meeting with Roland Emmerich on October 7th, and then deadlines like that never took place. In fact, he's none of none of these conversations are happening. And, he, you know, kind of talking about the, the habitual nature of Todd Phillips and his reluctance and wanting to do long, long legged franchises and stuff like that. Um, ironic because he, you know, he's not for helming all of the hangover films, but apparently, you know, that that. Uh, that took some convincing for him to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've said it before. Money talks. I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Uh, you know, the sequel to Joker or whatever. They do leave it open. Do I want it? No. I I, I mean, personally, I, re- I, I don't want it at all. I think it was a great story to tell and just leave it at that. Um, sequels right. sometimes, or in most cases, are never really... As good as the first, but uh, I don't know. What, what's your what are you, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I mean, we talked about this before. Like, I I'm one of those people that's like, I I don't want to see a sequel to the movie because I I love what the movie is, and part of what I love about what the movie is is the fact that it is this standalone thing that can be interpreted many different ways, and I feel like if you have to make a sequel, then you're gonna start explaining things and it's going to maybe take a little bit of that away. Right. But at the same time, I did say that, and I still stand by it, that I, I really do think it's unfortunate that at the time I thought we would never see this Joker again. Cause I loved what the disc Joker had become by the end of that movie. Right. And I would have loved to have seen that Joker interact with a Batman in that universe. Now, obviously that wouldn't be the sequel. Mm-hmm. So, that's why I say, like, well, yeah, I would love in a perfect world to see this Joker interacting with a Batman in that universe, in that Gotham City. Uh, since that won't be what the sequel is, then, yeah, I, I'm still on board with not necessarily wanting a sequel. Now, I'm not going to be one of these people that boycotts the movie and says this never should have happened or any of that right. because of whatever. I mean, look, I understand this movie made a, over a billion dollars. Without um, China. Without China um, and being R-rated. <laughs> Right. right. So it had a lot going against it and and with no hero. But I mean, just to the, here's the deadline, like the just to explain how even deadline while they were refuting it, they basically say the Joker sequel news that hit a trade today is great clickbait. But multiple inside sources said that while a sequel to the billion dollar grossing film is an obvious likely eventuality, 
That makes all the financial sense in the world. At this point, there are no deals for a sequel, nor even any negotiations with director Todd Phillips or his co-writer Scott Silver to craft one. The sources add that the linchpin of today's THR story, that a week after Joker's opening, Phillips met with Warner Brothers film chief Toby Emmerich to pitch a portfolio of DC character origin stories is is as Flat, false, as earlier stories that Martin Scorsese contemplated directing the first Joker. He was originally going to be a producer, but dropped out because of a crowded schedule. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Multiples have said no such October 7th meeting between Phillips and Emmerich occurred, and that Phillips hasn't even considered overseeing other DC character films. So, Mm. I mean, that's basically, yeah, how they're... Right. You know, so they're basically saying that, again, you know, while, yeah, we probably will see a sequel because of the amount of money that it made... Um, you know, the story is inaccurate because that supposed meeting that's the basis for the story never even took place. Right. And that whole thing. That's not to say that the, that there haven't been any subsequent meetings. Of course. So we look, we've been down this road before, right? Right. With the, especially with the trades, the multiple trades going back and forth, um, you know, on yes and no. So it, it becomes semantics, um, and I guess, you know, any chance that a trade will have to take a shot at another trade, uh, they'll always take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, people were losing their minds in both directions here. I did see a lot more, at least in our circles, a lot more negative than positive when the news mm-hmm. seemed like it was official. Right. Like, as far as wanting a sequel. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, and I, I, I don't know if this was news, but did anyone say, oh, it's just going to be a standalone, like it's a one and done thing? Like, you, this I, movie? Or is that all in the minds of fanboys where we're like, no, nope, it's got to be one and done, solo film, no need for a follow up? Because I don't, I'm, 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 I'm like going back, I'm like, I don't ever remember somebody saying like, no, this is, this is the only Joker story you're ever going to get. I don't, uh, again, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look back, but I, for some reason, I think, yeah, we've all had it in our mind. Now, maybe Todd Phillips did say that at some point. Yeah, I mean, and I know that, you know, Joaquin Phoenix has been asked about this, and he's like, well, he kind of dances around it. Right. So doesn't, obviously, he doesn't want to close the door, but I think they were all under the impression it was going to be like a, you know, a standalone story. Uh you know, suffice it to say, yeah, I mean, when you leave it up to interpretation, specifically the way the film is crafted and narrative that was kind of dictated to us, you know, yeah, it was set in the 70s, but it's now in the mind of, it could be in the mind of the character, so who knows what time period, you know what I'm saying? Who knows what time period right. it is? They could do some funky stuff and tie it all up and, and kind of, you know, open up another door for uh for the film but um i guess we'll have to wait and see yeah i mean look only time will tell and you know money usually talks i just think that's that's what's got everybody right now it's the fact that is it is it possible (laughs) right where how we keep seeing like you know we've seen it now with charlie's angels and the failures of that movie that nobody asked for right and we start with um terminator right dark fate like these French when you keep going back to that well like but they keep doing it right so I think people can't wrap their heads around the idea that how is it possible that a studio is going to let a billion dollar movie not have a sequel like we're so 
ingrained in us now that that franchises are a thing and that every movie that makes money is going to get a sequel. And we've had Pacific Rim got a sequel and that movie didn't even make anywhere near a billion dollars. You know what I mean? It was considered a disappointment right. in this country. It did better overseas. Right. But like right. when movies like that get sequels, it's like, yes, I get it. The artistic integrity of it all. Like if this was planned to be a standalone movie and it was supposed to be this little side story that had its own place. Great. But now that it hit a billion dollars, like does anybody believe that the current studio system is going to leave that kind of money on the table? No, no, I certainly don't. You know, and they'll, I mean, they can, you know, and a guy like Todd Phillips, you know, I, I mean, I don't know that if I'm him, I want them to make a sequel without me. Right. You know, I mean, granted, he, you know, he's probably made a ton mm -hmm. off of this already, but, and, he, you know, it's not his first hit either, but. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of funny because they, <clears throat> obviously, they look at someone who is incredibly successful at his film and go, you are now the new architect of our franchise. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's, a that's some responsibility. I mean, it looks like, you know, everyone's looking for a, a Feige-esque, you know, type uh, person to help usher in a new wave of, you know, films that all ladders up to, a, you know, some sort of new uh, franchise bucket. But uh, if I'm Todd Phillips, I'm like, dude, I just want to make good films. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to be doing all this for Alex Luthor, you know. It's just, <clears throat> especially with Warner Brothers. I mean, look at some of the stuff that's been trickling out and around, you know, Zack Snyder and and all of that. And I'd be a little wary if I were if I were uh, Todd Phillips. I don't know because, and it's amazing, you know, we didn't hear anything like that for James Wan, given the success of Aquaman, right? Like, hey, we want more of that. That was a billion dollar movie. Uh, but that's, you know, he's he's up on his sequel and, and that's that. So, well, because I think that most people real like assumed that we would get a sequel to Aquaman. I mean, as long as it didn't tank. Right. Like, we, right. But I mean, it's like the whole franchise, the franchise building stuff like you. You're the architect now, you know? Like, oh, you're, you're well, yeah, I don't I guess. I mean, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Like. You know, are we the I think the idea of like, oh, that Todd Phillips was now going to have all these like origin stories and stuff and that was going to be its own thing. Right. I think that's where you start to like, well, he'll be the architect of that. Ugh. But okay. I don't. But again, we don't even know that that, you know, according to deadline, that's not even a thing. Yeah, so not. but I mean, how is it? So this is what's fascinating. And I get it, like, when it's scoops and stuff like that, like people are wrong and think people get misinformation. But usually there's like some truth in that like a lot of these right. scoops that There's turn like out to connects. yeah a lot of the scoops that turn out to be inaccurate like there was truth to it and maybe it didn't get seen all the way through right like at one point it might have been almost a thing right but then like in the end it didn't wind up being like a thing but but there's people catch wind of stuff, right? So like oh, when it know, comes to like casting, Army Batman. well, like stuff like that, yeah. Like you know, I'm sure he there was smoke there, you know, mm -hmm. like he was obviously going for the role, and there were some people that probably thought he was a favorite, and maybe he was at one point, mm -hmm. you know, and then but then he didn't wind up getting the role, that, you know. So that's the thing with that. So I mean. Is it possible that whoever the source was for the Hollywood Reporter just completely made up this idea that Todd Phillips is going to not only direct a sequel to Joker, but he's going to also 
you know, be like the, you know, the creator of these origin movies for other characters. Like that's a pretty wild thing to just come up with out of the blue. Right. Especially for a director that's that's where like you said, it hasn't really been his thing. Right. I don't know. I mean, I find it hard to believe that again, maybe it isn't true, maybe it isn't gonna happen, but that's a yeah. really wild thing to it's, you know, make yeah, up if you're yeah, a it's, source. It's, funny. it's it's kind of like that whole Cavill thing, right? Where uh there's like that it was like leaked and you know, apparently from maybe it was Cavill's camp that Something's happening, you know, just to get people riled up. So maybe that that's their way of kind of pushing uh, the scales in a different direction, right? So maybe there are some negotiations happening behind the scenes, and they're like, look, everyone's so excited about, you know, Todd Phillips, and he's he reads it, and, oh, look at, you know, being embraced, or it's the opposite. It's like, no, we shouldn't be doing this at all. I don't I don't know. I don't know what the, what the you know, the, the motive here is in terms of, what that source was trying to do if it if it's legit or not but you know if you're if you're the hollywood reporter and you're running something like that now granted you want to beat your competition to the scoops but your credibility is also on the line um for for dropping a story like that so your sources have to be tight i don't i i don't know i'd imagine there's some smoke there Right. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, that would be wild to have completely made that up. Like, that's a hell of a fantasy story if you if it turns out none of it was true. Yeah. Um, And it's detailed. And I mean, and they threw in names of character like Darkseid looks like really like, wow, you really I mean, now the Darkseid one seems a little odd to me. Because that doesn't really seem to be in Todd Phillips wheelhouse. And it's certainly not. Um, you know, it's not in line even with like his Joker movie that he made, right? You know, which is very grounded and you know gritty. I you can't, I don't know what you do with that with Dark Side. So right. that that seems a little odd. Um, but who knows? Alex Luther treatment, yeah, yeah. You could Lex, certainly do that, awesome. sure. Um, you know, again, you're gonna have the same thing though with like the Superman thing with Joker. Um, yeah, I mean, with, you know, how Batman is sort of, <laughs> right. You know, it's like the end of the movie is like, there's a spaceship or he just sees a stuff flying silhouette and he's like, dun, dun, dun. End credits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's an approach that Warner Brothers certainly seems open to exploring and, um, you know, we'll see how it all pans out. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I just I think the general consensus, though, is now that I think more whether you believe this specific rumor or story or whatever. Um, it seems like the general consensus amongst these trades, though, the one thing they do agree on is that there will probably be a sequel. Yeah. So that's if I mean, and, and if Joaquin Phoenix doesn't want to do it. <laughs> Will there be a sequel? Well, I how could you do that? I mean, what would be the point then? I mean, that would be I mean, really... He's, but he's one of those actors that's like, yo, he does some wonky shit sometimes. No, I, what if I, he's, I get what it. What if he's like, yo, yeah. I'm, I'm not... Well, nah, then I think I'm you not, don't I'm do not, it then. I think that puts an end to it. And I don't think anybody would hate you for that. I think if they were like, listen, Joaquin Phoenix, but they said though, and again, the story got debunked, but the other part of the story was the fact that in the Hollywood reporter one was that he had an option for a sequel in his contract. Mm. 
So mm-hmm. again, now is that completely made up? Is it not true? I mean, did they throw in a an option for a sequel in the contract just in case? It would have been smart. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. And yeah, I mean, he's a hard one to figure out. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if he doesn't want to do it and he's not contractually obligated to do it, then I, I don't see why then you would make it at all at that point. Right. Because what right. are you going to do? Tell another origin of a different Joker? Right. <laughs> just like every year, every couple of years, we'll get a new Joker movie with a new, a new person yeah. becomes a Joker-like character. And do you think? And do you think that it would succeed? Then again, just being a Joker film without. Oh God, I don't know. I don't think I. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's, that's it, the thing. <clears throat> yeah, I don't want to. That I don't want. I don't want to just. I mean, and one it, would assume it would come after the Batman, and it's like. Right. And that's the thing that again, what made this special, or what makes it special, is the the standalone or the the one off nature of it. The fact that it's yeah. just this really cool Joker story. But I mean, you don't want to can't have too many of those right you know it's not like batman you could keep making batman movies and just they're different but like i don't know that you want to you can't keep making joker movies and have them be different i mean eventually without, it's got to be without a hero correct yeah that would be too much um that's why i'm convinced spider-man's popping up in the next venom film now listen that's possible i mean they did say that part of the agreement that they made to have him back in the MCU is that there is going to be some kind of cross pollination there. Yes. Right. So yes. Yeah. Uh, well, Hey, more Joker is coming <laughs> some way, some way, somehow. Here we right? go. Yeah. All right. Um, so the other topic that's DC related, uh, mm-hmm. came up, Again, the That's last one. weeks. Yeah, is that, um, you know, hashtag release the Snyder Cut has become a big thing again. And, and it's not just people, right? It's not just like fans oh, and, know. you know, <clears throat> Zack Snyder fanatics and whatnot. I mean, this is, you know, Jason Momoa, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, um, uh, Ray Vic- <laughs> Josh Trank. Josh Trank came out of nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, does he, does he help this movement? Yeah. Uh, you know, all using the hashtag and it's it's gotten things going again. It's gotten that discussion going again. You know, there are the people that just don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear about it. Uh, they get angry just at the thought of people hashtagging it. I, look, I've said my piece on this a lot on this show. I've been one of those people that just I'm like, I don't get the hatred for the release of Snyder Cup movement. Now, I'm not talking about fanatical people who are crazy that go and threaten people and their families and, and act in that stuff. I'm not talking about that part. That's a, but unfortunately you get that in all, yeah, with all movements and all crazy sure, walks fandoms. of life today. Yeah. But I'm talking about just as a concept, I don't understand the general hatred of the fact that people would like to see this thing be a thing. Why can't you just let people enjoy that and and have fun with it and and hope that one day they'll get to see it again? To me, the existence of the Richard Donner cut of Superman two renders the entire argument that I've seen from a lot of people about why you know the release the Snyder Cut movement shouldn't happen. It renders it completely moot because you know don't tell me about all oh, how much it's going to cost to make and how it's not complete and how they would have to complete it using a, because again the donner cut of superman 2 exists and there wasn't mm-hmm. even a movement for that like there right. wasn't even an outcry a fan outcry to see that it just was something that they figured they could capitalize on 
because of Superman Returns and because of the fact that you know they were releasing things on Blu-ray and whatnot. Well, right? you know what though? Um, so I, you know, and I don't know if this is true, but did the Donner cut of Superman have anything to do with Warner Brothers retaining the rights to Superman? Otherwise, it would have gone over to Siegel and Schuster. You know, I don't know. Maybe, but either I don't way, know if the... I'm totally making yeah. that up. But I feel like there was something. I, I don't know if I read something about that somewhere. But but they still need. I mean, they still invested time and money sure, into something sure, sure. that like fans in theory weren't. Yeah, I mean, you so need it. whatever your reason is, like you know, the fact that there is a fan movement for this, and again, the fact that you have a forum for it. Like you have, well, you will have HBO Max. You have DC Universe. You have you know, you know, home media, things like that. Like it doesn't have to be a big theatrical release and I'm sure it won't be even if it does become a thing. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, again, I I don't get it, but clearly, and you know, Zack Snyder was tweeting out pictures. He tweeted out a picture of, you know, Gal Gadot doing, um, you know, voiceover work for a scene and there was something with dark side and yeah, it was all like uh storyboard looking stuff. Like, you know, yeah, unfinished, right? CGI stuff, but he reportedly said that that stuff happened in January of 2017, right? So take with that as you will. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm of the mind like, yes, I support the movement. Great, go for it. I don't know how much of this is is and will be a unquote full Snyder cut, you know, his right. full vision because there were so many intricate parts yes. that were modified and altered, like the scripting process. Well, had but to that's be, that's fine. You know, I mean, again, the Donner cut of Superman two to me, which I keep throwing out there because I think it's the blueprint for this. You know, sure. Donner, there was all that footage that Richard Lester had already shot that Donner right. had to include in his cut because there was yeah, just no other yeah. way to do it. Um, you know, I mean, the guy reused the ending from Superman, the movie, the motion picture, because he, that was going to be his original ending for the one and two, which was going to be like one big story. So that was always going to be the ending for, so like Lois dies. Yeah. Then, you know, the, the whole, you know, spinning the, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that movie in context doesn't make any sense. No. So, but it's still a thing, yeah. you know? And so that's again, why I just don't understand why people, and look, I, I think there's an element here where they're just, there's some stubbornness. People that just have been saying that it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's never going to be a thing. It never was a thing, blah, blah, blah. So they just, it's like the idea now is just like, you know, and I guess there are, you know, also there was that segment of that population that got crazy, which doesn't give you a good name. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, on both sides, I'd say true, sure. because there are people out there who are, you know, super disrespectful Absolutely. to folks that are supporting the yes. movement. Yes, not without, because they're automatically associating <clears throat> anybody that uses hashtag release the Snyder Cut with, like, right. the fanatical, radical side of that movement, which is not fair. But mm-hmm. I think there's also that stubbornness where it's like, you know, I, I've been, you know, we've been saying that it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. So if it ever did become a thing, then it's like, aha, told you so. And yeah. I think people don't like that. So because I just it, to me, it doesn't make sense to put a lot of energy into now into fighting off a movement. You know, right. I mean, yes, granted, there are good things happening in D.C. right now. Right. Aquaman was a huge success. Um, Joker has been a huge success. 
you know, you got Wonder Woman coming out. That, yeah. you know, should Shazam. be a huge success. And, you know, Shazam was fine. It was well, a you've, got, you've got freaking, you know, The Rock. You have The Rock coming Tim out. Lee as announcing, you yeah. know, the Black Adam. Sure. Rock finally, you know, confirmed he's going to be Black Adam. There was a lot of, there's a lot of positive momentum right now for DC and its properties. And I get that maybe you don't want to take away from that. But I don't think anybody's expecting, like, it's not like if a Snyder Cut ever did get released of Justice League, all of a sudden it's going to undo all of this good stuff. Right. They're not, I mean, they're not going to reinstate the man and go, hey, dude, like, here's yeah, your franchise. Exactly. Like, and it's probably, again, it's I probably not even going to get a theatrical release if it ever does. It'll be something on a streaming service or on, you know, home media only, like a collector's thing, whatever. Right for that segment of the population that would actually want it. Because again, there's a large portion of the population that doesn't care. Right. Um, right. And, and, you know, it, you can say that justice league's failure was just more to the fact that it, people just didn't want to see it because they had already been, there was a bad taste in their mouth from what had come before it, because the average person going to justice league has no idea about no the idea, drama. Right. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That, that was my biggest thing. I'm like, the failure of Justice League had nothing to do with Joss Whedon. Um, it, I mean, I say nothing. I'm sure he had a fraction <laughs> of blame, but like in terms of general audiences and like awareness, the marketing yeah. really sucked for Justice League. Yes, it did. Um, and then, then maybe that's a self fulfilling prophecy, right? Sure. The studio sure. was already kind of down on the idea of it and just yeah, was looking yeah, to get yeah. past it. Out, okay, let's, let's just get it out. Yes. Let's get our head head done and right. over with, and like let's just leave it because because a lot of the mistakes that were made in Justice League could have been prohib could have been prevented if they had pushed the movie out three months. Right. We had talked about that at the time. Yeah. Um, that yeah, they it could have gotten and right, and they could have, but instead they went the quick route just to get it done. Get the it out of the way. Was over, was over, right. The studio was over. Was over. You know the, I guess the, the the backlash, the fan backlash. Right. They were over just the sort of general direction that their franchise was going. I guess they they mm-hmm. obviously didn't see a future in it, and so they had you know they took took drastic measures. And to, to me, kind that of was. It's a foolish way to look at it because it's like, look, regardless of as a studio, regardless of what you think of what was happening. I mean, Wonder Woman was a big success, right? It was coming off of that. And this is still a Justice League movie. Like if they had just even pretended to have confidence in it, regardless of what the finished product was, and they marketed it as this huge mega event and they did the right thing by it. It still would have, but but it still would have made a lot more. I don't. Yeah, and they still I could mean, have moved on from it to a point, right? Because I mean, I don't know. Because look, Aquaman was a huge success, and and did Aquaman made over a billion dollars? And did anybody disassociate Aquaman from the character that was in Justice League? I don't think so. I think a big reason why people went to see that movie is because they liked the people who did go to see Justice League liked Aquaman in it, and then it built yeah. from there. Like, so I don't. You know, Wonder Woman was a big success, and she was in Justice League, that version of Wonder Woman. Aquaman was a big success, and he was in that movie. So, right. you know, I just think but that... They all, but they've also dropped the things that that it, I think were bright spots in Justice League that they just like uh, Cyborg and Flash. Not saying that they dropped Flash. Well, we don't know what's happening with that. But, but yeah. that's been in limbo for like four years. Right. Yeah. Um, well, so this kind of ties in, though, to Ron Diesel. He asked us a question. 
he said as it relates to the Snyder Cut. And he said it's something that you brought up, I guess, with the article that uh, Mario Francisco Robles wrote yeah. on Revenge of the Fans. And he says, uh, is any, isn't anybody concerned as to why Snyder um, was ordered to do rewrites a couple of times before letting uh, go from directing Justice League? So uh, I'm glad he asked that question because this is the interesting thing. You know, people keep, I've been, the one thing I don't agree with that I've seen from, a, you know, a lot of people is that are kind of pro Snyder cut is this narrative that like this was taken away from Zack Snyder no. because of, you know, like he should finish the film because he was, you know, he had to leave the film because of, you know, the tragedy that occurred. Look, Zack Snyder was on his way out of this project. Mm-hmm. Now, that unfortunate, horrible tragedy that took place was clearly something that he needed to deal with right right needed to address but if anybody believes that joss whedon was just hanging out in a closet somewhere on the dc on the warner brothers lot working on this Batgirl film that never happened and just happened to be there when they needed a director at the last minute like come on yeah i mean really like look that and that's where this question is like yeah he was already ordered to do reshoots and rewrites and all this stuff and the, the studio clearly was not happy with the cut that whatever this initial cut was that they saw. Right. And I do think that he was eventually on his way out. Now, unfortunately that, that horrible tragedy was a way to do that in a, in a I, classy if, way. You I know? think, and if that, if that is the case, I think that's so piss poor. What's that? Like just to use it as a, like a, as a cover. Well, I mean, no, there was truth to it in the sense that I no, mean, no, the no, guy no, clearly no. was going to have to remove was himself, right? To the situation, yes. but I think that using that as a way to 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 finally like close the door on Snyder, I think was was horrible. Well, I mean, and his name is still on the film, right? True. So, and and you know, that's the interesting part. His name is still on the film, and and you know, because of you know union. Um, rules and Directors Guild rules and stuff like that, like, they wouldn't have been able to do that if they didn't use a, a large percentage of footage that Snyder had actually filmed, sure. right? Sure, sure. Um, and, and again, the the stuff that, you know, Whedon filmed wasn't particularly great either. Um, no. So, I, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there is this, you know, we're forgetting that this was a troubled production. Oh, from, from, from the jump? Yeah. I mean- there was a whole I mean, immediately after BVS, maybe there was like a, a little break and then they went right into production for or, or pre production for Justice League. Now in between that film, in between BVS and the pre production of Justice League, there was Suicide Squad. Right. And rumor has it yes. and that there were there were some storyboards here that Steppenwolf was supposed to play a role or have some sort of presence in the end of Suicide Squad, which would have teed off the first part of Justice League. Now, I think folks also forget that Justice League wasn't supposed to be just a one-and-done film. There was a two-part. There was a two-parter. So, all of that was altered at some point uh, in the scripting process. So they cut all of that down. So Snyder's original vision then got condensed into one film. Uh, I think whatever it was that he screened didn't work, so they brought in Joss Whedon to write some additional scenes. Right. Then 
there was like I think I don't know if it was the the tragic loss of his daughter or there was something yes. more, but then he took over directing. Exactly. Yeah. And Snyder was working behind this working with Whedon. Right. And then and then ultimately it was an exit. Yes. And Whedon completed the film. Right. Reese got had it had Danny right. Elfman come in and do redo the score. Right. Um yeah, I mean there was just a whole lot to that. Um and I'm sure there's sure. even stuff that none of us know about. Of course. You know, that went on. And I'm sure there's a movie in and of itself to be made just about the making of that film. Right, right. But but just to to get back to the point is just that yes, we get it that you know, there was a trouble in this production and Snyder ultimately was, you know, his stuff was being redone anyway. Uh right. and then he had to exit and uh, you know, just to take care of life. But I think that the fact that he wasn't brought back to work. I mean, yeah, his name is on a bunch of the movies just because he's oh, he cast these characters, right? So right. as long as those characters exist, uh, the ones that he cast, which was his mm-hmm. ultimately his strongest suit right. in this universe, his casting is fantastic. Um, his name's going to have to pop up there, you know, right. just like anybody, you know, Nolan's name pops up, you know, yep. stuff like that. So that's okay. But but re- realistically, he was not brought back. You know, it's not right. like they brought him, but they said, listen, you needed to step back from this production because, you know, obviously what happened with his daughter. But, you know, we're going to have you come back and we're going to let you work on whatever the next phase, right, to his vision was. I mean, they had already cut it back from one movie to, to two movies to one movie, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's also telling is the fact that they basically separated themselves and moved on, like, from him tells you also that it was, you know, more than just the tragedy, that that was why this happened but but again with having said all of that it doesn't matter because all of that's in the past but it doesn't mean that we still that you still have to try to shoot down any ideas of ever seeing whatever the Snyder cut would be right 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 um because it's just it, why i mean again richard donner superman 2 is a thing We've seen director's cuts and alternate cuts and the produce look the Halloween. I think I mentioned this before. I mean, Halloween six, right? right. Has two completely different ver well, mostly completely different versions of the film. There was the producers, what they call now the producers cut, which is basically um, the original work print that the director um, submitted that apparently was actually shown to test audiences who didn't think it was scary enough. So they went and basically hacked the movie to pieces and gave you the theatrical cut that's a complete mess. Narratively, in, in a lot of ways, like right. Justice League, in the sense that it, it doesn't make a lot of narrative sense. It's it's not even an improvement. And then for years, that work print of the Halloween producers cut, Halloween 6, made its rounds through the bootleg scenes and whatnot. To the point where enough people wanted to see it that they wound up master finishing it. And ma- now, granted, it was a finished film; it was just a work print, but so it was a lot easier to, to actually complete it. But they wound up releasing it on Blu-ray, you know. So because because there was enough of a demand for it, and right. now I get it that there's it's but so between that and the Richard Donner cut of Superman two, I just don't see any reason other than the fact that you know you just didn't want it, you don't want. You're maybe annoyed that Zack Snyder keeps promoting this or maybe you just don't want to have people say I told you so or whatever the case may be. You you know, if you want to move on, move on. 
But if there are people who actually still want to see it, I don't know why we have to shout them down and make a big deal over it. Um, if you don't want to think about the Snyder Cut, don't. Yeah. If you don't want to watch it, if it ever becomes a thing, don't watch <laughs> don't. it. Don't. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Um, you know, just like maybe there are people who never watched the Donner Cut of Superman 2. Maybe there are people who've never seen the Halloween 6 producers cut, whatever the case may be. Right. It's, it's right. pretty simple to me. So for me, this conversation, and we got into, you know, all the other stuff again, but ultimately this conversation comes down to the simple fact that there are people that want to see the Snyder cut. And then I guess there are people that don't. And I just don't know why the people that don't can't just let the people that do have their thing. Um, again, not talking about the, the ultra crazy radical people who are doing harm or doing bad things. That's a different thing, but that's not everybody. That's not even most of the people, right? You know, I mean, I know plain, you know, people that are, you know, using the hashtag and they're not bad people. They're not looking to hurt anybody. And and again, the actors themselves are doing it. Now, if they're doing it out of fun or just to get the, you know, stir in the pot, whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, who knows what can happen? Sometimes movements happen out of things like that. You know, people just having fun and then it becomes like a thing. So we'll have to see. Yeah. But I know I'll watch it because I'm a fan of movie <clears throat> history and I love stuff like this. Again, as somebody who didn't like BVS and wasn't in love with the direction that they were taking at that point, um, I still would watch the Snyder Cut because I'm a film fan and a, I, I'm a fan of the history of film and I love these types of things. I love, you know, seeing, like, I loved the Superman Lives documentary. I love, I'm yeah. fascinated by, like, differences and how different people interpret things and how things would have changed and all that stuff. That stuff yeah. fascinates me. So I would definitely like to watch it just for that perspective. Yeah. Yeah, same, same. Uh, just see how radically different it would have would be from yes. what we got, you know. And we know it would be because obviously the villain was reached was shifted. So we will we'll see. But in the meantime, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Yes. So right. uh, the other thing uh, is so the Mandalorian now, right? We got two episodes in. And yes. shockingly, this episode is even shorter than the first one. Yeah, you know what? We talked a little bit about that last episode. And uh, if there's anything that's like irking me, it's the it's the episode length. I, you oh know, I God, actually, I it's funny. It doesn't bother me because I, I feel like the episodes well, so far have been like, I don't feel like I'm being shortchanged. No, I mean, they're tight. Yeah, they're great. But I want more. Yes, and and I don't and and the, the and I'm clearly been you know spoiled by you know binge watching shows, but like delayed gratification does not look good on me. I I'm like oh, I gotta wait a week. Damn it! Can we just get some more here? Like you know what I'm saying? So, and, but it goes to show you. I mean, it's a it's a well it's a well made show. The story is great. <clears throat> Characters are compelling. One of the best things out there. I freaking yeah. love Mandalorian. It, let me tell you something. So, um, uh, yeah, I completely fell in love with it with this episode. I, like I, I said last week, like I wasn't super blown away <laughs> by the first episode. I enjoyed it a lot, and I liked it a lot. And when I rewatched it, I, I liked it even more. But this episode just grabbed me from the beginning, and I just completely fell in love with the show. I love how it is just so Star Wars, but so different all at the same time. Like I tweeted mm -hmm. that out, and... um. 
I love that it's like a spaghetti western meets Star Wars, and and even the music this week, which I, at first felt a little off to me in the first episode, like this week yeah. it felt perfect because it does feel like a spaghetti. It's got that like spaghetti oh, western type vibe. Yeah. Uh and you know, Baby Yoda, or whatever it's ultimately going to be called, is like the cutest thing the ever. Child. Yeah, and when he... I tweeted, I was like, "Man, if they don't make toys, oh, some Teddy, a Teddy God. Ruxpin type character out of this, yeah. uh, this thing, it's like, well, Star Wars is lost." Yeah, and when it he made no sense. when he uses the Force, oh I mean, man, that was dude, fantastic! It was awesome. And then then <laughs> has to go to sleep. And he gets tired and like passes out. Tremendous! Yeah, like, uh, oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. My 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 favorite my favorite scene of Episode Two or Chapter Two rather is the. The Jawa scene. Yes. I thought that was awesome because we get but a glimpse of them in uh, all of the, you know, all of the the episodic stuff that we've been watching, all of the Star Wars episodes and stuff. And uh, to see them, you know, take on a Mandalorian, uh, also get disintegrated, which I thought was, was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, but they're throwing, you know, heaps of junk at him as he's trying to scale up their, uh, I don't even know what the thing is called. Their transport, and right. then he gets to the top, and they're all waiting for him. Uh, that was awesome. Oh yeah, awesome. yeah, and just so Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, it's this show is doing. You know, it it feels like every um, every movie, right? Every episode, we're seeing new creatures, new mm-hmm. you know, new yep. designs. Um, this one is helping us. Is like kind of putting us back with some characters that we have always, you know, been curious about and, um, and kind of giving us a bit more, you know, of what they do and how they operate. And, you know, even the banter between the Mandalorian and, and the Jawas and he tries to talk to them and they're like, you speak, <laughs> you speak like a Wookiee. Right. Like that's all, it's just, it's just brilliant stuff. It was, it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, is there anything that surprised you about the episode? Um, I mean, other than the length, uh, not really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, so the, for me, the two things that surprised me were the, the length, because I, I thought, um, <laughs> I didn't expect it to be that much, you know, shorter, but also, minutes. yeah, right, because, you know, there's like three minutes of um, credits yeah, at the end of these episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the fact that I, I just loved it, like, that much more, like, I guess yeah. those things were kind of... But as far as content of the episode, not nothing that jumped out at me. All right. The thing that I love the most about this episode and the thing that really caught me off guard um, was <clears throat> in the after Baby Yoda does his force thing, nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows what happened, which means then that everything that we've seen in, in, you know, various iterations of Star Wars, be it the Clone Wars or Rebels with, you know, the Empire essentially, um, you know, tearing down the good name of the Jedi and the their ability to, to control and manipulate the Force as being, a, a, you know, false and like a circus act, mm-hmm. so to speak, that the Mandalorian has no idea what he just witnessed in... Uh, in seeing, you know, Baby Yoda kind of flip that beast. And the Ugnat doesn't know what it is either. Right. And so that to me was like, holy shit. 
So we live in a world where Luke Skywalker exists, and yet still nobody knows what the Force is. Like, it's all been dusted off as, like, propaganda and, like, you know, carnival tricks. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was, like, I was like, okay, this this is cool. Yeah. This is really cool. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what what happens as the Mandalorian becomes more uh, familiar with, with this creature and uh, his use of the Force. The other thing, like, my theory started to spin out of control because you know his this the empire's connection to wanting to get this kid this bounty uh reminds me of some scenes that happened in uh, the clone wars where the emperor was collecting uh younglings that were force sensitive because they somehow help power him or help you know he's he's experimenting on them so there's that kind of stuff there was somebody, and I watched the video about this, but and I don't know if I'm gonna blow. Watch the episode, but there's so the dude that the scientist that you meet in the first episode that's with the um the guy that has the uh, best car steel has a a patch on his right arm from Camino. Oh, yeah. So I'll just leave that there. There you go. Can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, and I'm hoping that this show is getting you more excited for that Obi-Wan show. Ah, uh, yeah. No. I mean, I'm I'm cool with it. I I'm I'm excited with you know with this the stuff that they're doing, but what intrigues me about the Mandalorian is it is a character that I know nothing about. I don't know what he looks like. Everything is fresh, everything is new. All of his experiences are great and new. And he's expanding the universe like that. You know, I, I, I think for a lot of us, when you really think about it, it's very, very small. Or what we've seen in it is very, very limited. And so when you see things through the eyes of this character, it just blows things up even more. And you're like, holy cow. Yeah, of course there's going to be, you know, of course Jawas are going to be doing this. And this is their motivation. This is what they do. Um. You know, this is what the Ugnats are doing after being um, basically slaves to the Empire. All of that stuff. When you start playing in this in the episodic realm with those characters, it's going to be about the Force. And it's going to be about, you know, something. And it's not that I don't want to see things related to the Force. It's just that I've, I'm have i good with seeing other stuff. Like, I'm, exci- I'm more excited to see about what other characters right. what no, I get it. are doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So... But just from the quality worse, I mean, perspective yeah. and the scope of what they're oh, clearly yeah, I mean, going to be I doing. I know that they're going to do an amazing job yeah. of bringing you know, the cinematic vibe to to the Obi-Wan series. And yeah, I'm excited because you know you, they're bringing back an iconic character. And I'm sure there's going to be lots of things to to kind of show us. Yep. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm worried about with The Mandalorian is um, – I was texting with Phil about this is are we going to see like a crossover event where, you know, the episode that comes at or around the time of rise of Skywalker will reveal something that will tie directly into the film. I, I, don't and, I think we I talked a little not. bit about this. Yeah. I don't see how, Do what really that would want be, that? but I don't, and I don't, but I don't even know what that would be considering like, the I timeline. Don't want an so. of shield, like fall of shield moment. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, I don't, or, or a breadcrumb to be left some, you know, where it's like, oh, of course, yeah, this guy. But based on timelines, I don't, I mean, maybe, I mean, if anything, I mean, do, will they show you a little bit of, I mean, will you see Palpatine? I mean, I don't know. Timeline-wise, how much could they really do that I mean, would tie directly years, in? Five years after. Five years after Return of the Jedi, it's years before The Force Awakens, and forget about you right. know, Rise of Skywalker. I mean, other than Palpatine, right? What else could they give you a nugget of that would be relevant from that period to where we are with Rise of Skywalker? Luke. Yeah, but Luke we saw, though, in Last Jedi, though. I mean, oh, you mean you mean things that would that would like uh, you said? Well, a dead a nugget to tie into Rise of Skywalker. Do you? I mean, I don't. Who knows? Vader. I don't know. Yeah, Hold but again, on. even that though, like we've seen so much happen. Like we've already seen. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. I I just think that the only thing like that we haven't seen would be that would fit is Palpatine. Right. And, you know, unless it's some little thing that we don't even realize it's a thing until we see Rise of Skywalker. Right. I, I don't know. I, I would hope they wouldn't necessarily yeah, do same. it. But, um, I mean, yeah. because the thing is now the thought jumps in your mind. You're like, OK, you're, we're playing in the past of <clears throat> The Force Awakens and Luke Skywalker attempted, you know, to. uh to bring back back the Jedi until he was ultimately betrayed by his nephew, right? So where was this creature? Does he survive this? You know, right? Is it what's what's his story now? Well, sure. Between... That's I think the thing. I mean, that's obviously the mystery here, and that's <clears throat> right. that's one of the things is that you know does this baby Yoda thing, fe- you know, does that factor in at all somehow? Yeah. Or does it like a hint or a clue? Um. I mean, my because you know, for me, my brain goes all over the place. I'm like, where's Sabine Wren from Rebels? Who's a Mandalorian? Are we gonna see her? She's gonna pop up. Is Ahsoka Tano around? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're like, where's Harrison all, like, like, geeky, you know, yeah. Like, and yeah. this is where canon and all the shit that I'm immersing myself in, from books to TV, cartoon show, right. animated shows, all like, it's a burden. Because yeah. for everyone else. That just watches the the movies. They're like, oh man, maybe yeah. this, you know. I just it- don't. I don't think that the Mandalorian or any of these like Star Wars shows are meant to be like what the Marvel shows are going to be, I which hope are not. like the Marvel shows are clearly part of, mm-hmm. you know, the next the MCU, phase yeah. of the MCU, right? Yeah. Um, I think that these Star Wars shows are really rep, you know, taking the place of what were going to be the Star Wars story movies. Right, which were not really meant to forward or advance anything, just give you sure. new perspectives and different perspectives and show you stories that you've heard about but hadn't seen, things like that. So I'm right. hoping that that's really what these Star Wars shows are going to function as more. Yeah. Now, yeah, I don't have it. a problem with later on, um, you know, once we clear out... Uh, Rise of Skywalker, like having the stories be a little bit more forward moving. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Because now you're touching on new territory and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, the one, the other thing um, I'll say about the, uh, the Mandalorian is I'm, I'm very, very happy that this is not Boba Fett. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's funny you say that because a, a co-worker of mine who is, I'm going to say he's a big Star Wars fan. Like he he's seen, you know, some of the movies and stuff and he knows what Star Wars is. He's just not like a huge fan, but he signed up for Disney Plus and he he's loving The Mandalorian. Yeah. He's like, I love it. But he calls it like the Boba Fett show. <laughs> to him, that's just, you know. Only do it if you only knew. I mean, he knows it's not Boba Fett because I've explained yeah. all of this to him. But um, in his mind, that's just like, that's how he describes it to yeah, other people. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's loving it. And yeah. so that's an interesting thing because like you would think that like a show like this would appeal more nah. it, it, well, if it was if it were Boba Fett no it would appeal more to like uh, the hardcore Star Wars fans and maybe somebody just watching from like the outside who's not a huge Star Wars fan maybe wouldn't take to it right away but it tells speaks to the quality of the show well so you know here's the funny thing so Jess my wife um she will humor me in most cases when it comes to like watching a a Star Wars film uh you know, she'll, I'll have to beg her, hey, 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 can we watch this? Can we watch this? Right. So I showed her The Mandalorian. And she's like, I don't, you know, not really my thing. Like, I, you know, let your shows be your shows and let my shows be my shows. Right. Okay. The shit, the shit I hear at home. She watches The Mandalorian and she's like, shit, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's like, it's yeah, catching it's, on with. It's not just about a dude, a dude with a mask. And no. She's like, yeah, she's she's so she you know, it's it speaks volumes about sure. the quality, um, not only of the show but the the writing. Yeah, and I also I, think the general premise of, um, like you know, man protecting child. Sure, like it's like the, it's like a true grit. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's great. Looking it's, forward to to more. Yeah, so um, we'll end off with uh, so JRB. He asked us if Star Wars related, so makes sense. Finish mm-hmm. these sentences. In episode nine, blank will kill blank, and by the end of the movie, C-3PO will blank. Mm. Now, Nathan, uh, you know, the Super Civil Servants podcast, he actually replied. He said, old age will kill General Leia, and by the end of the movie, C-3PO will have all of his memories restored from the time Anakin first turned him on, first turned him on until present day. That's a, that, that's a fascinating, uh, that last part is a fascinating bit, because I do, I almost feel like that is sort of what we're seeing in the, uh, in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. And it would make sense to a degree. Um, right. Although C three PO wasn't, uh, he wasn't at uh, what you might call it, at a Death Star. But you know where he was, was in Mustafar. Mm. And I wonder if there's going to be a moment where they go to Mustafar, and that's where Vader's helmet is. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, could be. Like it, it becomes one of those hidden planets that's like you know been wiped off the map kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so complete the sentence. <clears throat> um, I think uh, Kylo Ren will kill uh, Palpatine. That sounds stupid, though. Actually, as I just said that, 
I, you know what? I was thinking that, and it's I'm funny. like, get a sock and stick it down your throat, Aaron. Shut well, your face. Wow. I don't be so hard on yourself. Um, I I thought the same thing at first, and then my thought was like, you know what? He already That's... killed Snoke. Yeah, and, and it's too much like Vader. Oh, doing it's it. so yeah. So then I got off of that myself, and then my other thought was, well, Ray will kill Palpatine, and yeah. then I was like, well, that would probably piss a lot of people off. So that's right. kind of cool, <laughs> but and then I was like, oh, but maybe is it going to be a collection of Force ghosts that get together and kill Palpatine? Oh my god! All I could think of are like the demons in. Uh... In Ghost. Oh. It was like the black shadow. Yeah. Uh, uh. Grab the body and take it away. No, I'm sorry. So I'll just stick with my boring Ray will kill Palpatine. Uh. Yeah. What if it's like Finn? <laughs> Finn just swoops in and like blasts. That would done. probably really annoy Rose uh, kills. Oh my Palpatine. god! With love, with a hug. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine? Oh my god! Sheev, you look like you need a hug. Oh boy! That'd be, oh my god! That would be, be quite a moment. <coughs> oh god! Oh, uh, and by the what was it? By the end of the film, C three PO will. Um. I don't. I don't want him to die. No, I. I you don't know? either. Um, because I can't handle that. I'm not ready. But he'll for sacrifice it. himself for his friends. Yes. Uh, R two. I would himself. like to think that C three PO gets a happy ending. Yeah. Whatever that means. Nice, nice oil bath. <laughs> um. Sure. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I I like Nathan's um a lot yeah. actually but I you know obviously I can't repeat that one or I could just say hey I like that one that would be what I would go with but if not exactly. yeah something corny like um yeah by the end of the film C3PO will like yeah get like an oil bath <laughs> and look all shiny and new and yeah, I don't know. What what do you think? Yeah, I, I I I'm I'm at a loss to be honest with you. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, he's just gonna bite the dust. But I do want him to have a happy ending too. I, I was gonna say return, he will himself. return to Kashyyyk with mm. Chewbacca. There you go. That's good. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. I just couldn't come up. But that's something similar to what I. Thought, yeah. Yeah. What happened? And I mean, seriously, you know, apparently. Chewbacca's got a, a family. He's like the biggest deadbeat dad. Oh, jeez. Wow. You know? He's like not around ever. Whatever. I forgot his name, too. His son's got a name. It's like Kashuk or something like that. Kawook. So know. maybe that's a show. <laughs> yeah. Return to Endor reboot. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with all that. I don't. I'm kind of, you know, I'm at a point now where I'm divorcing myself from any, you know, TV spots or trailers and things like that. I just want to see it. They they just dropped a recent uh, TV spot this week, and it's awesome. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. That's it. You know, I don't want to see anymore. Just give me the movie. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I've I've I'm happy that I've been able to avoid. I mean, every day I see like you know something that's trying to come up with a theory or 
a hint or something. And I just, I've avoiding yeah. all of that. And I just, cause I'm just, I just want to go to this movie. And then, and then you even like entertainment weekly, like drop their three, their variant cover special for star Wars. Right. So I, yeah, and those uh, are great. Yeah. Yeah. They look amazing. Uh, but inside of it are like, Oh, you know, you're acting, you know, they're asking the actors what they think of the film. And of course, you know, they're commenting about, what happened in episode seven or I'm sorry, episode eight. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to hear anymore. Let's just, let's just see this movie. Right. And live our lives. Yeah. See what the next generation Star Wars films are going to be. Yes. And watch. I'm I'm excited about the future and watch the internet lose its mind one way or another. Sure. Yeah. And speaking of losing their mind quickly before we go, um, how about those pictures of Brandon Routh as kingdom come Superman? As Clark Kent and Superman. Yes. It was awesome. Unbelievable. It was awesome. They've been rolling out a lot of uh, crisis uh, photos, which it just looks phenomenal. And I got to be honest you know, with you. I've been trying to keep up with the shows. My life obviously has been flipped upside down and been, you know, I almost dropped the F-bomb again. Um, <clears throat> it's been like, you know, kind of flipped upside down and turned backwards. Uh so I'm I'm struggling to keep up with some of the some of the shows, but I also saw that um, that the '90s version of Flash popped up in Black Lightning, and I'm like, did I need to see that? Do I have to watch that? Like, because it's all building to Crisis. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how they end up pulling in all these characters because um, well, that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. Seeing Brennan Routh as. Uh, as Kingdom Come Superman is dope. Seeing uh, Tom Welling in his traditional red plaid. <laughs> yes. You know, Clark Kent farmer boy outfit. And looking huge, actually. He's like a big dude. Yeah. I don't know if he like, gained weight, but he looks like yeah, pretty put together. So I'm excited. Yeah. That's yeah. Really this can, and it's coming in December, right? Yes. So. Are you? Have you been watching the CW shows? I haven't. Um, well, I mean, I watched Back Woman, <sighs> and it just wasn't. It lost me pretty quickly. I was very hyped up, very excited for that show. Um, I am going to catch up on Arrow and The Flash. Um, yeah, there. You know, Arrow is doing its like farewell sort of victory lap where, you know, they're bringing back old characters and, uh, doing some, some weird, weird stuff with timelines and whatever. But, uh, I think the thing that's annoying me with arrow is, uh, and they did it last, last season, which totally lost me was they started jumping into the future. Like instead of the flashbacks, it was like flash forwards. And there's still a lot of that in this season, which is disappointing because it's the last season of Arrow. So I would have liked more focus on Oliver and all of those characters and not these future characters. But they're merging timelines. And so I haven't seen uh, maybe I'm like two weeks behind. But um, we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going it's going to go out on a high note for sure. Yeah. Flash has been a little. A little meh lately, which is disappointing. Um, and uh, Supergirl, I've been totally checked out on. And Batwoman, I watch when I'm like half asleep. 
Nice. So, yeah. All right. All right. So I think that's it, right? That's Let's it. Uh, get out of here. Wrap it up. Yeah. You can uh, go to the fanboygarage.com and check out our episodes <laughs> and buy some merch. So we have really cool new merch. Uh, yes. I'm cool. I podcast. If you're a podcaster or someone who listens to podcasts or guests on podcasts or just part of this whole fun podcast community, you're going to want one of these shirts. They're really cool. Uh, originally, it was a white shirt. Um, and this week we released the shirt in other colors like black and um, plenty of different colors anyway. For those of you who don't want the white shirt, uh, they're really awesome looking. It also looks really cool as like a mug and a magnet and a pin and um, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, it's available for the winter, available in there's hoodies, there's a zip up style hoodie, there's a pullover style hoodie. Um, so you can get all of that, of course, at the fanboygarage.com in the merch store. And, um, of course, you know, we want you to join the conversation on social media. You can, uh, tweet us at the fanboy garage, go to the Instagram and Facebook as well at the fanboy garage. And you can find me on Twitter at real CL mighty. And you can find me on Twitter at starting Sith. Uh, please, if you do like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast or wherever you are listening to the show. It is much appreciated. It goes a long way. And um, that's it. So we'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for so much for listening.